Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast from TalkSport with me, John Norman, and alongside me, Gareth Batty. England completing a spring clean sweep of their matches with Ireland and Pakistan. Goes again and gone. Butler was in play. Butler takes the stumping. The game is over. The series is over. And England go into the World Cup. 4-0 victory over Pakistan. That will boost their confidence. That is exactly what they needed. England beating Pakistan in the fifth and final ODI by 54 runs at Headingley. Standout performances from Joe Root, Owen Morgan and Chris Wokes. Chris, congratulations. Look the perfect way for you and the team to finish your World Cup preparations. Yeah, definitely. I think it's been a really good series for us. Um, you know, with both bat and ball, obviously winning the series 4-0 against a, you know, a very strong Pakistan team is, is good for us going into a you know, crucial World Cup. So, um, yeah, a, a great few weeks for us, but obviously we know there's obviously some really important creek coming up as well. And now the real business can begin. Who makes the cuts for you-know-what? We'll have a full review of the Pakistan series, and myself and Bats will give our teams to the World Cup. And you will also hear from the granddaddy of cricket, no, not Bats, Marcus Triskoffic. Having watched Jason, I think, you know, play the end of last season, he, he, I think it was his first game here when he got 70, batting at three. And he played the TV game against Essex um, and got 100 on TV, batting at three at the same time. So. so stay tuned. And if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe through your favourite podcast app. Stay up to date with all the weekly cricket news you're listening to following on. So Bats, how are you? Good to see you, matey. Back to the, uh, the grind of four-day cricket. Somerset last week, and it'll be uh, Kent, Beckenham next, uh, up to Birmingham the week after, and uh, you're playing again. Yeah, I, d I don't really know how that's come about, uh, but it has, and um, it was actually good to get on the park with a, a red ball in hand last week. Um, 
it was a bit weird because it, it, it had all been white ball stuff and a bit of coaching and I was all, <clears throat> excuse me, I was all prepared to be down in cat. You're welling up. Yeah, down to me. Uh, <laughs> I've got a, a cricket ball in my throat. Um, yeah, and it, it didn't turn out that way. I was playing, so um, no, it was good. Uh, it was a good game of cricket, very good game of cricket, and Trez touches on that a bit later on. Uh, the standard of first division is getting better and better by the year. The pitch was really good, and there were some really good performances. It was a shame that the weather intervened, but um, yeah, it, uh, it's a different format, the old four-day stuff, on the body and the mind. You say it's a shame the weather intervened. I think the weather came to our aid, didn't it? Sorry, came to Surrey's aid. No, I reckon it was going to be oh, a hell of a game. Out. Well, it cost me six figures. I was about to get 100. I ended <laughs> up 15 not out. And Clarky probably another 60 not out because he was blocking them and I was whacking he them was, everywhere. Yeah. So um, we, were, we were in a position to, to get a, a bit of a lead and then um, have a crack at them on a pitch that uh, there was a bit of rough outside the off stump for the left-hander. So Leach was a very difficult uh, proposition for them. Uh, the pitch got better to face Seamus, so I was reckoning on I might have got a few wickets second dig. Well, we do hear from Marcus Viscothic later on. And actually, before we speak about the Pakistan series, so you're playing, Ricky Clark's playing, Marcus Viscothic's playing. Now, a lot of criticism in the Sheffield Shield about the rules that they brought in, which limited the amount of over 25 players, I think. Yeah. Uh, they said that be, by doing that, essentially, the young guns coming through, A, don't have the competition to get into the side and also don't learn from the older uh, pros on the circuit. Uh, of course, in England, it's not quite like that. Do you think there's players at Surrey and Somerset both benefiting from uh, watching you and Clarkey bat and uh, Triscothic the same, a bowl as well? I mean, uh, serious, serious question. No, no, no. And I, and I seriously hope um, my answer gives real credit to what I'm about to say. I actually believe that youngsters will learn as much, if not a little bit more, off the senior players when they're just talking randomly as players. As soon as you become a coach, there's a, there's a bit more of a... Or the perception is the coach has an agenda. Uh, whether it is he's got to help you or he wants to help you or he prefers this player, whatever. As a senior player, you're just all in the same team. And you, you just... If a youngster comes to you and says, what do you think about this? And we're lucky at Surrey that the boys do. And hopefully you give good information. If you don't have the information at hand, you bring somebody in. You'll go, oh, well, you know, speak to Vikram Solanke or, or look... Let's speak to Trez tonight about this or whatever. And I think senior players and older players don't worry about that. And they want to pass on their knowledge because majority of guys, uh, certainly the three that you're talking about, all got kids and all want to help. And I think when you have an ob obscene amount of knowledge kicking around, particularly with Trez, you should be able to tap into that. And if you can't be a better player from that, then there is something wrong for that individual. And I would suggest they're probably not going to kick on and get to where they want to do anyway. What you speak about James Hildreth later on in the show with your interview with Marcus. Why did he never play for England? I mean, his, his time has surely gone now. What, why did he never get the opportunity, do you think? Just bad luck? Firstly, I don't think it has gone. I think it's wide open. One, two, three. I would, I would say Rory Burns has done enough. And that isn't me being biased. I think he's done enough. No, to, I'd agree. And um, also... I think his position may be under the spotlight a little more if positions two and three had, were nailed on. Absolutely. But they're not going to tinker with Burns because they've got to tinker with two and three. Yep. And he's, he's, he's absolutely tearing up county cricket. But two and three, you know, it, it's, it's not nailed down. And Hildreth has put himself in the shop window by saying, I want to bat at three this year. It's an ashes summer. I recognise that England have a problem, one, two, three, and have had for a while. If I keep scoring the volume of runs, who knows? You never know. Um, the reason why it hasn't been selected previously, I think it's just wrong time, wrong place at times uh, for players. 
Um, we've, if you look at the last sort of 10 years, we've gone through Cook, Strauss, who were there together. Before that, it was Triscothic and Vaughan when Hildy was playing at that period. Um, and we've had some very fine sort of threes and fours in a KP and this sort of thing. So uh, throughout the bulk of his career, it's been nailed down. It's only really in this last two or three years that there has been more of a, an opening. And, and he's probably at that age where they're going, Ooh, how much value are we going to get out of it? We're at a point now where we just need somebody who can do the job. So uh, that's why I say it's, it's not over for him, I don't think. Uh, Gary Balance, he's been scoring a lot of runs and a guy that you know a lot about so was at Surrey. Uh, six first-class games in a row, Dominic Sibley has scored a century. I mean, you're talking about uh, those positions two and three being open. Can you see Sibley playing for England in the Ashes this, I, this year? I can honestly say I was absolutely devastated when Sibs left Surrey. I feel like as a club we did something wrong there. He's now a Warwickshire player. Wow. He's churning runs out. Everything about him from seeing him as a kid was this kid can play test cricket. The way he plays, the areas that he scores, he takes out the outside edge by not being flourish, uh, you know, sort of trying to hit balls through extra cover and bringing out the slips and all that sort of a thing. He waits for the bowlers to come to him, hits it underneath his eyes, plays beautifully from mid-off all the way all the way around the leg side. Not dissimilar to a trot, but a bit taller, a bit more elegant. Um, he's got everything going for him, and the runs suggest uh, he's not a million miles away. Wow. More of that as uh, as the summer progresses. Uh, England have just wrapped up victory against Pakistan, uh, beating uh, beating them by 54 runs. Uh, first game was a washout, the Oval. Second match, England won by 12 runs. That was at the Aegeus Bowl with uh, Joss Butler, that amazing century, 55 balls. Uh, but Pakistan just showing that they've got batsmen as well. Uh, Zaman with 138 of his own. Uh, and uh, it was Uhak, Imam Uhak, who scored a century for Pakistan in the third ODI, which they lost by six wickets. England chasing down 358. <laughs> and they did so with five overs to spare. It's just bizarre. Well, not bizarre. It's just well, it's just unheralded, really. Bairstow on that occasion with 128 of his own. Uh, Babra Zan with a century as uh, Pakistan hit 340 for seven. Again, never in doubt with Jason Roy. How what a fill-up for England and Surrey that he has got past that injury which saw him ruled out for the first couple of games. 114 there. Man of the series as well. Wasn't presented with his awards after the Headingley match though because he's uh, by the he's looking after his, his little girl who was unfortunately hospitalised but nothing too serious. But uh, only a few hours sleep before he scored that match-winning knock. He didn't play in the fifth ODI so uh, no centuries this time but 84 at Joe Root. 84 but uh, Chris Wokes with a five for five for 54 as Pakistan were bowled out for 297, chasing 3-5-2. Um, actually, before we talk about England-Pakistan, let's hear from the man of the match, Chris Wokes speaking to Sky Sports. Chris, congratulations. Look the perfect way for you and the team to finish your World Cup preparations. Yeah, definitely. I think it's been a really good series for us. Um, you know, with both bat and ball, obviously winning the series 4-0 against a... Uh, you know, a very strong Pakistan team is, is good for us going into a you know a crucial World Cup. So um, yeah, a, a great few weeks for us. But obviously, we know there's obviously some really important creek coming up as well. How high is the confidence in that side now? It's a long time since you've been beaten in a bilateral series. Yeah, I think confidence is high across the across the squad. Um, you know, competition for places are there, which keeps everyone on their toes, um, and everyone pushes each other, which I think is the great thing about this team. We never never set, settle for for what, what we've got at the minute. We're always trying to improve. Everyone pushes each other, and that's a great place to be. You mentioned the competition for places. It was noticeable uh, how quickly the fellow bowlers were to congratulate you on five wickets today. You're still enjoying each other's success despite that competition. 
Yeah, that's something that I think we, we stay true to as a team is, is congratulating each other and you know, wishing each other all the best and you know, trying to enjoy each other's success. And obviously we saw that today. You know, it's great to get the pat on the back from, from your fellow bowlers. We bowl as a unit. Um, you know, thankfully, it was my, my turn today to take the wickets, but you know, we share them around and um, you know, it was grateful it was me today. You say bowl as a unit. It's a unit that's taken some punishment in this series. Scores have been very high. How do you as a bowler adjust to this world where scores between 300 and 350 seem about par for the course? Yeah, I think your mindset has to change as a bowler. You know, you obviously still look to have that aggressive tone and, and try and take wickets whenever you have the ball in hand. But, you know, at the same time, you have to realise that the par scores have changed. And, you know, when you're playing on a short boundary the one side like we were today, I think you have to, you know, reassess and, you know, sometimes going at at six and over actually is a good job for the team and you know if you can hold an end up the one end and the guy at the other end is taking the wickets then um, you know you're doing a great job for the team but like you say it's you know constantly going for 300 now is, is the par so you kind of just have to get your head around that as a bowl. Not long now anticipation high for the start of the tournament? Yeah definitely um, you know I think we've been building towards this for a while um, you know it's been really important that we hit form you know during this series um, you know we were still obviously rotating players and guys getting game time and I think across the board everyone's done well in certain games uh, and we'll feel confident moving forward well done today great stuff Chris Wokes how important will his uh, wickets in the first 10 overs prove to be I mean he's he's got a few injury concerns himself but a massively important figure within this ODI setup and uh, an absolute shooting for the World Cup yeah I, I think observations from people were that um, some key players were maybe uh, for the last year or so, maybe form just dropping a bit and, and they're worried about whether Ingle will peak at the right time. Chris Wokes, come to the party, brilliant. Last couple of games he's played, he's been right on the button. He's been hitting the bat hard. It's not always what the speed camera says. He's been hitting the pitch, doing people with the bouncers. He's got that extra bit of pace. Let's not forget he's batting and fielding. He's just a fantastic all-round cricketer. He looks to me as though he's absolutely gunning for this World Cup. Brilliant to see him back in the wickets and, and feeling good about his body. He will need some managing, I think, with the body because his knee isn't absolutely brilliant. But, um, I, I, you know, good signs from, from that point of view. Uh, all the batsmen, every single one of them. You, you start at the top, you go Roy, Bestow, Morgan. Wow, how well's he played for the last year and how well was he playing today before he got out? I mean, that's as well as I've ever seen him play. Uh, Root, Given, playing beautifully. Uh, Butler, wow. It's just it's ridiculous, brilliant. isn't it? It's brilliant. And Stokes is a... Match-winning innings the other day as well. I tell you what, let's go through the side actually, or the squad in a second. Um, what we think the squad's going to be, um, and and look at the pros and cons to uh, to the eleven that we think will take the field against South Africa. Quick word on Pakistan. Your thoughts on what they brought and the danger they'll pose? Because of course, last time they were here, they won the Champions Trophy. You know, very few people are talking about them, but it's Pakistan, isn't it? It's, but what did you make of them in the series against England? Strengths and weaknesses? Dangerous. I, I, I feel that their batting will, will catch you by surprise. Um, they've got a couple of guys that come very hard. They weighed in with the runs, didn't they? Yeah. They, they, oh, Babra no, Zams they... with a century. Zaman at the top of the order with a century. Imam Mulhak with a century. Safraz Ahmed three runs short of a century. They got the runs. Do they have the, do they have the bowlers? No. Babra Zam, what a wonderful player he is, by the way. He's a world-class player. Um, he will get runs in in any on any pitch against any any team. He's a wonderful player, but the bowling you just feel like they may be lacking a real striking option, both with the new ball and then certainly in the middle. Uh, for whatever reason, 
the spinners haven't quite come to grips with the white ball. We, we, you know, there was comparisons um, thrown out during this series about Rashid um, and the Pakistani leg spinner. Um, and he's just not quite got it right. Um, so they lack a little bit of wicket-taking ability in the middle periods. Um, they have good finger spinners who can hold the game. If you if you lose a wicket, they'll hold for a period, but I think then they'll let you back in. Um, and they just lack a, a real crackerjack seamer that they've always had and they've always produced on these big tournaments. They just find somebody from, from nowhere. So I, I, I'm worried about that. Um, but phew, you can't underestimate them. They pull some great performances out from nowhere and always have done. Absolutely. Um, well, look, let's have a look at the World Cup then because on Tuesday, the World Cup squad, the final 15 will be announced. Um, let's go through who we think it's going to be, or the obvious ones. So, obviously, opening pair, Jason Roy, Johnny Bairstow. Right, tick. Given. Joe Root, Owen Morgan coming in at three and four. Tick, tick. Stokes and Butler at five and six. Tick, tick. Moeen Ali and whether he plays it to eight, nine, ten or eleven, Adil Rashid. Okay, so those eight absolutely nailed on, as is Chris Wokes, yep. of course. Backup batsman is going to be James Vince. Yep. Right? Then it gets a little bit more difficult. So that is 10 of the 15. I've got six names in front of me, and we've got to get rid of one of them. Now, this isn't necessarily what we would do. This is what we think is going to happen. Those six names that remain, Joe Denley, David Willey, Tom Curran, Joffre Archer, Mark Wood, and Liam Plunkett. So five from six. Of those six, which one do you think is going to be the one that's left out on Tuesday? I think it will be Joe Denley, purely because the way that England have used him in the games that he's played this summer, he's batting out of position. He's not batting at the top of the order. He's batting down the order, which is a really difficult skill to learn. He's a top-order player facing the new ball with the field up, so the fielding restrictions are two out. His game is set up for that. Very difficult coming in at seven if you're used to being able to hit the ball on the carpet or pick it up in your, in your pockets that you have with only two out. Very difficult to hit it over, long on, long off, and so on and so forth. And he's not a frontline spinner. So he isn't going to knock out Mo or Rash. Is he, in a 50-over game, going to make sufficient impact with the ball? I don't believe he will. He had one opportunity with the bat coming in at um, Trent Bridge when England had lost four wickets for just 15 runs and he couldn't make it, his presence tell. He was out for 17. Out to a wonderful catch, by the way. Yeah, it was a really good, very very good catch. Caught a bold uh, opportunity. Problem is, is it not a bit of a cop-out? Because do England need Plunkett, Wood, Archer, Curran, Willie, Wokes and Stokes? Seven fast bowlers in I, 15. I, I, and they're I, never all going to play. Then They're potentially not, but Walks is an injury concern. Stokes hasn't been bowling a lot. So is there, a, is there still that sort of hangover of niggly injuries for him? So straight away, you're down to five. Mm. Yes, I think you need the extra seamers. I really do. I'd, I, I think it would be harsh on Willie. He's obviously the next one. You're basically saying Denley or Willie. That's that's an obvious thing, and it's whatever. Well, it's obvious now, about. but I don't think it was obvious two, three games ago, was it? It wasn't because Tom Curran's come in and cleaned up in the games that he's played, and Mark Wood came in a bowl faster than Joffrey Archer after not playing for two months and didn't play in that fifth and final ODI. So exactly, it's so it, 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 it does look given. like the the narrative or the choice has changed, doesn't it? Which yep. 
means to me that you might be right. Is Archer definitely in there? No, he's not for me. He's not, he's, he's not one of these guys where all the hype was, wow, we've got this guy. He's going to absolutely come in and clean up and so on and so forth. He came in and looked like a very good cricketer, which we already knew. We know he's a fine cricketer, wonderful player. Gets the million bucks in, in IPL and all. You don't get that sort of money unless you're a very fine cricketer. But we're talking about the number one team in the world, the number one squad in the world. To break your way into that, you have to be pretty special, I believe, or a real youngster. Um, and, and Archer is still very, very young. He's, he's a wonderful talent. And let's hope he does go on to have a wonderful career for England. But he's not done anything that makes me go, wow, he's, he's taken wickets here, he's done this and that. And more than maybe a Wood can do with the extra pace. Or if he's bowling in those middle overs, what Tom Curran can do at the death. I, it's not, he's just a bit quicker or he's got a bit of something different to a couple of other players. But that is why he's been talked about, because he's a little bit different. I, I'm not seeing the... It's not like Kevin Peterson. They've been they're saying the comp, the comparisons with the Ashes. Kevin Peterson got three hundred, uh, got three hundreds in five games in South Africa. I was there. I watched it. I was helping the spectators picking the ball out of the stand. The guy was different gravy. It was embarrassing. He was so much better than everybody else on the field for both teams. It, it was, was a shoe. It was amazing. He had it? to play. I'm not seeing that with Archer. Let's assume Archer's in, and you're right. It's between Denley and Willie. I'm going to shout out the fifteen, assuming that Willie makes it. Okay. Yep. And I want from you five seconds, pretty much, on each player. Strength and weakness. Yep. Okay. Jason Roy. Spin. Wonderful striker. Just needs to find uh, the right pace to play spin. Johnny Bairstow. Complete player. Wonderful player. Ego. Joe Root. As good a player as you're ever <laughs> going to see. Can do everything. <laughs> Owen Morgan. Best captain at the World Cup and playing probably his best cricket. Downside, maybe age. Ben Stokes. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Pros, all-round cricketer, brings everything together. 
just not quite on top form. Joss Butler. Amazing. 10 out of 10. Moeen Ali. I think he's still getting to his best as a, as a spinner. I think he's England's best finger spinner. He's brilliant. Uh, striking the ball beautifully. Just a bit inconsistent. Adil Rashid. The best spinner in this format in the world at the minute for me. Um, just needs to back that up on a big tournament. Chris Wokes. England's number one striker. Great all-rounder. The negative, we're just worried about his body. James Vince. Great talent. Brilliant talent. But there's only so long you can talk about somebody's talent until we see it in an output. He needs some output. David Willey. Left arm. Swings it. Maybe, maybe just needs to get a bit more X-factor in his game. Tom Curran. Young man just needs to look for consistency. Needs to find his place in the team. That's his downside. He doesn't have a, a defined role. Joffre Archer. Quick, tall, unique. Comes with everything. The downside is not played. Mark Wood. Quick, injury doubts. Can he bowl in any other situation in the game other than up front? Can he do it middle and back? And lastly, Liam Plunkett. Doubts on his age and form, but at his best, bowling quick rockets in and around the throat and the head in those middle overs, absolute dynamite. Brilliant. I love it. Okay, so let's let's assume, and it is an assumption, it's not going to pan out this way, but let's assume we're picking our score our 11 for the first match, okay? And this is also our World Cup final 11, Ooh. okay? So essentially, we're we're not hedging our bets here. Yep. We're, we're not saying, well, England are, are traditionally better at the Oval and, um, you know, we're going to go with Plunkett, but we'll bring in Wokes for the second match because that's... We're, we're not yeah, being yeah. playing silly buggers, essentially. No. Number one team for England. Who is it? Well, we, we, know, we know the batsmen, so... Yeah, we're, we're talking about two two extra bowlers, aren't we? So we're talking Roy Bairstow, Root Morgan, Stokes Butler, Ali, and for the sake of it, we'll say Rashid, okay, at eight. Yep. So you're picking your nine, your ten... And your 11. Your three fast bowlers. Who are they? At the For the first game, England against South Africa at the Oval. At the Oval, we leave a bit more grass and now it goes through. You're wanting some height. Plunkett plays. Okay, so Plunkett is in. Rockets. Plus, he's your most experienced out of the lot. Um, then you really start scratching your head for how you <laughs> go about it. Because anybody now has got a very good case. So who takes the new ball? I'm going to go for Wood purely because so I would Wood plays. I would always go on the guy that has done nothing wrong to lose his shirt. So Wood plays for me. So I'm going to go for real pace with Wood and walks to open the bowling. I'm going for Plunkett in the middle to bowl some heat back of a length and use that bouncy oval surface with a bit of Stokes. And then I want somebody who can bowl me some good overs at the death. So I'm looking at my best death option. Is that Archer? Is that Curran? I'm going to go for the man in possession who's done the most, and I'll go Curran, because I think he does the, the death bowling stuff pretty well. Hang on. So we've got Roy Bairstow, Root Morgan, Stokes Butler, Ali Rashid, right? <laughs> then we've got, there's Wood in there, right? Yeah. Plunkett yeah. and Wokes. You've thrown me because you said I had three and I only had two. Yeah, that's your <laughs> 11. So, so You've TC added doesn't Curran. get in. TC doesn't get in. And, I, and I'm worried about bowling at the death. So you would play... Mark Wood, Liam Plunkett, and Chris Wokes in that first game. I'm not saying that's what I would play, but that's what England would definitely start with. That's what you think England will go with? Pretty sure. Hmm. Interesting. Tell you what, it's, it's, great. it's great, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's brilliant because the squad is so wonderfully balanced. The only downside to England, and it's the only tiny jink in the armour that you can see, 
they don't have a death bowler that recognised around the world is an absolute jet. That's the only slight, slight, slight issue. But they keep getting 350, so it doesn't matter. Nobody ever gets near 350 consistently. I'm not sure how there are too many death bowlers like that in world cricket anyway, no. is there? And I suppose it goes against what I've said earlier, that, that Tom isn't a shoo-in to be that good. Uh, he's not, you know, he's, he's not played enough. Neither is Archer. He's not a shoo-in in 50 over cricket to be that good. It's not like 2020 where you've only been in the field for 17 overs when you get the ball thrown to you and you ball two at the death. You've been in the, you know, you've been in the dirt for 46. It, does the body react differently? Is it just as easy to get into that 90 mile an hour Yorker situation? I, we don't know. We've not seen it. Brilliant. Well, look, we'll find out for certain on Tuesday when the World Cup squad is announced and uh, there will be a uh, function, a World Cup function on Thursday, World Cup captains media function. So on Friday, we'll get together. We'll find out if we're right or wrong um, and we'll look ahead to that first match. And also, do you know what hap is happening on Saturday? What we got Saturday? On Saturday, England are playing Australia oh, that's at the, the Aegeus Bowl. Bowl. Yeah, or the Rose Bowl. Sorry, um, Bowl. That's all right. And it will be the first time Steve Smith and David Warner are going to play for Australia. They did play against New Zealand 11 uh, in Australia, but they are going to be playing England next Saturday. So uh, that'll be fascinating as well. What was also fascinating was this week, uh, you caught up during one of the rain breaks um, with Marcus Triscothic. We heard discuss it earlier. Let's have a listen to, uh, to you and the great man uh, looking back at that match, but also ahead to the Ashes and the World Cup. We're at the end of a hard-fought four-day game. Um, what do you make of it? What do you think of the standard of, of first-class cricket in England, I suppose, at I the think uh, it was a brilliant game this week. Obviously, two very good sides. Um, and I think for the first time in a long time, I've seen almost very close to international cricket. Um, a lot of high-class performers within the course of a team, obviously, with you guys, with Surrey. You know, the high-class bowling in particular, the, you know, Mornay, um, yourself, of course. Um, uh, Conor McCurr, I thought he bowled, you know, exceptionally well. And obviously, Ricky Clark is obviously another fine example um, and for us, Jack Leach, um, Craig Overton, and uh, Lewis Gregory, I think it was uh, you know some really good performances. But anybody watching it would have seen some very, very good cricket over the four days we've had. And you personally, you keep going, you keep going. I think it was 1993 debut. I see on all the yeah. all the memorabilia around the ground, the local legend, obviously here. Mm. How how long can you play for? Oh, another ten years. I'd love to. You know, <laughs> I'd sign another ten year contract if I could. But uh, listen, I think. Um, the currency of runs is, is getting harder and harder and obviously you've got to keep delivering so if it stands up and you keep performing then you know we'll have to wait and see but uh, um, you know when you're playing in games like this it really makes you understand how good you have to be to be able to match up and play against the bowlers that you're facing so um, the challenge is there it's just a case of you've got to keep delivering but my passion for playing is still there and, I, and that won't diminish I don't think for as long as I sort of live but um, you know, you've got to try and uh, match up. In other words, you, you don't want to stop these younger, like younger lads coming through. But uh, it's been good fun. Good news to all the badges out there that you're going to keep going as long as you can, fam. Yeah. Any young players or players that you look at and played against in the last few years in county cricket where you think, whoa, he's he's a England potential? Yeah, well, it's cute. I've seen, you know, I think Rory Burns in particular has obviously you know played really well in this game. Um, you can almost see a switch in his mindset. I think you can see at the moment that he's really sort of kicked into that international mode of batting. Um, Dominic Sibley, I, you know, another Surrey boy, 600s on the bank, 606 games, that's a, a fine effort and I know he's been a good player um, and we've obviously looked out for him for a, for a good period of time. Max Holden is somebody that has opportunities with the Lions um, and could, you know, within the future really sort of break through. 
Um, you know, there's other kids out there as well. I think there's there's different people, but um, your fella Hildreth keeps churning out runs after runs and doesn't yeah. seem to get an opportunity. He's not young, though, is he anymore? So what is he? Thirty four, I think. Um, I keep giving him grief about being the same age, but um, you know, the, his record is phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. And it's an amazing to think that he's not had the opportunity to to have a go. But um, you know, if he keeps getting runs, who knows? When it comes down to picking the squads in a few weeks' time, you never know what happens. Put you on the spot. Who's your one, two, three in the Ashes at the end of the summer? Well, having looked at it, I would say currently, I would say it's going to be two of three people. I think Burnsy, Rory Burns is, is nailed on. Then I think to bat two and three will either be Denley, Vince and Jason Roy. In, and I'm not sure in what particular order, who would open, who would bat three. Um, and then you've got to question if anybody else would come into that. You know, even someone like a Sibley, is he putting in his name into the hat to potentially open the batting? You know, if he goes and gets another couple more hundreds before the start of the Ashes Tour or Ashes Summer, then then he's going to be there or thereabouts, isn't he? But for me, that's that would be the three at the moment. So obviously, played at the highest level for so long and, and best player England had during that period. How difficult is it to swap over from white ball cricket playing really well? So mm. Jason Roy flipping it into Test cricket, red ball. What's are there any major changes you need to make, or is that just a good player's a good player? I think they, I think you're right. Pretty much a good player is a good player. Um, what you see differently at the moment is obviously that you know the white ball doesn't do a great deal. So you can go into the top of the order and play that aggressive nature that you do. The ball stays hard, so you can whack it out of the ground as much as possible. When you come into Test cricket, the ball just does offer a little bit. Especially in England, you're getting balls that you know might swing for 15, 20 overs, and they're talking about going back to the the 2018 ball, which swings even more, don't they? But having watched Jason, I think you know play the end of last season. He, he I think it was his first game here when he got 70 batting at three. And he played the TV game against Essex um, and got 100 on TV, batting at three at the same time. So clearly he has the, the uh, application to go and do it. Um, he likes the, the show of the game. And, and that was probably one of the biggest things for myself is that I really enjoyed the buzz of Test cricket and international cricket, all the, uh, the extra bits that go with it. And I think he has that to, to step up. So um, I, for me, I think he could really step up into an international cricket full time in all, all forms of the game. I know everything's about red ball cricket for you at the minute, but the World Cup on the horizon, mm. Joffrey Archer, the whole debate around England. What's your take on it? Well, I think he's, uh, he's you know, watching him in these games, he's been really good. Um, he fitted into the into the group nicely. There were a lot of people were talking about team dynamics. I thought, well, well it's not sure that's really going to work for me. Um, they just needed to see him in international game and in how it would all operate. And I think he's come through that in flying colours in two or three games that he's played. So I'm pretty sure that he would be named in the in the 15 man squad when we come to. Um, very soon, I think it's next week even, that, uh, that it's going to be named. Um, and he looks like a proper performer, doesn't he? When he can turn on sort of 90 plus miles an hour watching him today, um, you, can, you can just turn it on at will. Um, it's very important. And your squad, would you go the extra bowler or the extra battering? What's going to be a longer comp than p- mm. potential we've had before? Uh, probably the extra bowler because I think you're always, you're always wary. You've got to have a seeming option to cover, you've got to have a spin cover. You've got to have a batting cover, um, so I would probably have two two seamers in there potentially, um, who would cover in that end. Because obviously, being in England, we can draft someone in. If someone's injured and out for the whole tournament, we can draft someone in pretty quickly. It's a little bit easier for us compared to other people around the world. And from what you see, uh, Australia obviously get the two big guns back, Warner mm. Smith. Who's your obviously England got favourites, being number one in the world. Mm. But who, who's the one for you where you think, oh, they're, they're an outside bet and they'll? they'll well, I think in. the three best teams are England, India, Australia. Could never rule out West Indies. 
and you can never rule out Pakistan because as we've seen in the, um, the Champions Trophy recently Pakistan blitzed it and ended up winning it when no one really gave them the price um, but West Indies they're, they're dangerous aren't they they're very dangerous they're probably more suited to T20 but as we've seen in the, the recent Caribbean uh, 50 over competition with England out there um, you know they give them a run for their money uh, for sure so um, it's, it's wide open but I still think England I, I, I think it'll be an England-India final and then it'll be very close from there but I'm hoping England obviously come out on top What a legend Marcus Triscothic uh, there's so much respect there listening to that interview and, and he comes up with he's very he's disarmingly honest isn't he Yeah um, Jason Roy Ashes he's, that, that position is, is there to be taken it's, it's difficult not to feel that if he does have a successful World Cup. He, the, the, there is going to be a clamour. It's very difficult to see him not being given an opportunity against Ireland at the end of, of uh, July. And even if you, you fail in that, it's only one match away from the Ashes. So it, it's there for the taking for Jason, isn't it? I, I think England have already made those noises when they sent him to the UAE last year to play uh, the Lions stuff, Red Ball cricket, because he hadn't played a lot. I just think they're desperate to get him in there because they want that bit of X factor against Australia's new ball uh, bowlers, they want to put a bit of pressure back on those guys, because if if Australia get on top, well, I mean they've formidable bowling attack. They've got some real pace, and in English conditions, they will move the ball around. They want a batter to say, "Well, come on, pal, you get you get it slightly wrong here. I I want a piece of you." And it's exactly the same reasons why they wanted Butler in batting at seven. And we've seen how wonderful a decision that has turned out to be. Uh, in the next seven days, Somerset will be playing Hampshire final of the Royal London One Day Cup before the tournament changes, if not forever, for the next few years. It becomes more of a developmental uh, competition. Strange scheduling, wouldn't you say? A domestic final at the same time England are playing a warm-up for the World Cup. Bonkers. I, I, I truly... Disrespectful. It is disrespectful and I think it's very sad for the two best teams in the country in white ball cricket in a World Cup year for that not to be a bit of a showcase before the World Cup starts. England-Australia takes a bit of sting out of it, which is very sad. And I feel for every single one of those blokes that's, uh, that's put a heck of a campaign in to get to Lords, uh, to play in a Lords final, which is a very special thing. And James Vince, we assume he'll be in the World Cup squad, won't be allowed to play, I imagine. Well, that is when a bit of common sense comes in. I mean, me. I'm, I'm not sure if that is true, but if he can't, again. Generally, you don't get released very often when you're on England duty common sense would prevail if he's not playing for England surely he gets to play in a big showpiece because the whole point is he's putting himself under a bit of pressure you know it's a big a big day a big game and he's club captain it's um, I don't know uh, what do I know what do I know I, I find it crazy that it's all going down on the same day but we can't end on a negative note um, it is a bit of a weird scheduling but then it is a weird summer isn't it plenty of cricket to, to fit in um, but let's finish on Marcus I mean there's a man that loves the game, isn't it? I mean, I wonder, I mean, who's going to retire first? You or Trez, for one. You're both still going. You both still love the game. But I can't imagine a world without Marcus Triscothic playing county cricket. And part of me wonders what he's going to do as well when, when he does actually f finish playing. I, th I think we know for sure that he'll stay in the game. He'll go into coaching or, or something in and around the game. But do you know what? It, it, it made me realise how very, very lucky we are. You see a guy like Trez. And he's played for donkey's years. 1993, he made his debut. Played how many games for England? How many games has he won for England across the world? He was kind of the pioneer for batting to an extent for England, uh, particularly against spin around the world. To see him standing at short leg, 
Rory Burns having massive sweeps and the ball's whistling past his ears. He's on his knees, he's diving at the floor. The ball's pinning him left, right and centre. Never, ever did he take a smile off his face. Never, ever did he not want to get involved in the game. That is what our great game is all about. A fella that's achieved everything in the game and yet loves it so deeply that he wants to play to his last possible second. And then again, he will still want to be in the game afterwards. And I think that is the beauty of our game, that it's infectious. And I think he should keep playing as long as he feels he can. As long as he's performing, obviously. And that, that for me, I saw that and I thought, do you know what? doesn't matter if it gets a bit tough. You just keep you just keep giving it your best shot all the time and put a smile on your face. It was amazing to see. Oh, brilliant. Well, that puts a smile on my face and hopefully yours as well. It brings us to the end of uh, another following on. We will be back at the end of this week uh, once we know who the World Cup squad will be at uh, Owen Morgan Leeds um, with the first match getting underway at the end of the month, 30th of May, England against South Africa. It really is about the World Cup from here on in. Um, hope you've enjoyed the show. Bats, lovely to see you. And you, boss. Enjoy Beckenham. Um, and uh, we'll chat again on Friday. And to never miss an episode, be sure to subscribe, either on Apple Podcasts or your favourite podcast app. Uh, you're listening to Following On, and we'll see you later in the week. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm.